Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Whether it's hip-hop, blues, reggae, jazz, opera, roots, curry or world music you're into, 3CR's music menu is serving it up to you. You're with Music Sans Frontier, music from around Australia and around the world. Good afternoon everybody and welcome to another edition of Great Voices. You're listening to Hit Sister Hop on 3CR 855 AM. Music matters on 3CR, 12 noon every Friday. Keep these diverse tunes on the air by subscribing to 3CR. Call 94198377. The newspapers shout, a new style is born. You can't possibly get a good technology going without an enormous number of failures. It's a universal rule. If you look at a bicycle, there were thousands of weird models built and tried before, before they found one that really worked. You could never design a bicycle theoretically. Even now, after we've been building them for a 100 years, it's very difficult to understand just why a bicycle works. It's even more difficult to formulate it as a mathematical problem. But just by trial and error, we found out how to do it. And the error was essential. We're riding down that long highway, pedalling our blues away. You're tuned to Radio 3CR, listening on the tranny, podcasting, streaming, podcasting. I said that, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show, bringing you a bit of news and uh, events uh, around the bicycling world on this absolutely beautiful Monday morning, the 10th of July. If you were up early this morning, you would have noticed... I think something that they arrange about once a month. In the west, the full moon's going down, mm. and in the east, that glowing orb of sunshine's coming up. It's got to be good for everybody. We're going to do a show about how do you ride 18,000 kilometres and keep your sanity and enjoy the rest of the world. So joining me on the show today, on the tandem, or yes, on the tandem, Tim and Hetty, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Val. Thanks there for having us. we go. Got the hardest part done. We're ready <laughs> to go. Uh, a lot of happening in the bike world, and we'll get to a bit of news and events, and of course, um, the new rules from the police state. I mean, Victoria, that we're living in as far as bicycles. We're going to have a look at that as well, and we're going to have a look at the plague proportions of certain bikes on Melbourne streets. But first, let's do something lighthearted and happy. And I should say, that quote this morning was from uh, a physicist, Dyson Freeman, uh, who's, I think, uh, died not too far, not that long ago, but one of those atomic scientists who's been involved in 
uh, climate change and a few other things all through his life, which makes it very interesting. Coming from a physicist, I never thought you could mathematically solve the bicycle problem. Yeah, evidently also a, a bicycle fan. <laughs> I think he's, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I haven't seen any pictures of him riding a bike, I've got to say. But anyway, um, a bicycle moment from somewhere across the world. Well, uh, one comes to mind, uh, pedalling along in northwestern Iran, I think it was. It was a, about 11 o'clock in the morning and we were on quite a dull road. Uh, it, was, it was busy and there, was, um, there wasn't a whole lot to look at, so we were just pedalling along and, and making kilometres and uh, we were coming to the outskirts of a, of a fairly big town and we noticed that there was this cyclist who was behind us and he caught up to us and he, he pulled alongside us and it was always a delight whenever whenever another cyclist uh, came came into our midst and we smiled at him and and he signaled to us to slow down and to stop and this this wasn't an infrequent uh, happening on the road people would often stop us and want want to chat and he said I've been following you for 20 kilometers I've been trying to catch up to you <laughs> Uh, and we'd been really going for it because the, the road wasn't too interesting, so we, we were really keeping quite a pace. So the poor guy had been really peddling his heart out and and he, uh, he he ushered us into a tea house and said, have a cup of tea with us and uh, with me. And um, and so we did and he, he took off his jumper and underneath his jumper was a, a T-shirt that said warm showers on it. <sighs> and he was a, a host from this, this wonderful network, Warm Showers, which I think you've spoken about We've before. We've show on you. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and out of his bag, he pulled these these photograph albums of all of the warm showers cyclists that he had either hosted or had flagged down like this. Ah. And he said that he has he's friends with some truck drivers who who ride this road uh, near Tabriz, which is a really big city in the north of Iran. And he says to them to call him whenever they see a cycle tourist yeah. so that he can hop on his bike and intercept them and <laughs> and host them, whether that's a cup of tea or a or a nod on his floor. Yeah, it was. This remarkable. is the story about he had three hundred warm shower visitors in one yeah, year. As he... three or five hundred or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. had a had about four notebooks of uh, of everybody's who'd ever who'd ever come, you know, and stayed with him, or he'd met up, uh, he'd met with. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful thing. It's interesting when we did the show on warm showers. There are about three times as many people who want a, somebody to come and stay with them in Melbourne as people who come and stay. So everybody wants somebody, but there are not enough to go. Yeah, right. definitely. <laughs> yeah, when you look on the map of the warm showers host, Melbourne is just there are so many. What's that say? Yeah, well, yeah. I was. Um, I've lived just not far away from that little part of the Arab Boulevard that swings from Bridge Road, rides along the river, round the back of the, where the um, Burnley Horticultural School is mm. and round there. And it's a bit of a favourite of uh, a lot of cyclists, but mostly the team trial guys that go up and down with the disc uh, wheel, you know, the big yeah. you know, rims yeah. that all make that <laughs> noise as they pedal along. So early on Saturday morning, I think, no, it was early Sunday morning, I'm down towards the end where I can see it and um, I get uh, 
two people coming from, I mean, three people coming from di- different directions, one of them the fully kitted out in the dark gear on the team trial bike, leaning forward over the aero bars, making that whooshing sound, and just coming the other way, in the opposite direction. Two wonderful, I'm going to say, upright Elderly cyclists dressed in their finest fluoro going about <laughs> five kilometres an hour and then the other wife going the other way at about 50. It was oh, very wow. funny. <laughs> the contrast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, you must have something to share with us. Yeah, yeah. We So mine is from, uh, from Pakistan, um, sort of at the start of our trip. Uh, we, we took a, a kind of a horrible 18-hour bus ride from sort of the capital city up into the mountains um but when we got into the mountains and we we hopped off the bus and we started riding we were just surrounded by six and seven thousand meter peaks uh of the of the Karakoram range in the Himalayas and I just spent most of the those few days of riding with my uh with my mouth wide open just absolutely astounded at, at the the size of these mountains and and yeah. things yeah, and we yeah. we actually found out they they have so many peaks over six thousand meters that they they don't even name them unless they're they're uh, seven thousand meters or or, uh, or higher. So. And you crossed every one, or oh, <laughs> we weaved our way around everyone. Yeah, there's actually a Tim and a Het now, yeah, Mount Tim. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, we should move on to some news before we track down every one of those 18,000 kilometres <laughs> quietly. Now, if you're listening to the news, of course, last night's sad news from uh, the Tour Richie Port and I think a couple others are out there. They had a couple of nasty falls last night. Yeah, yeah. It seems to be a crash bang. Um, you know, I think it was a slippery road. I'm not sure. I haven't gone it's, into I haven't looked at oh, it. Oh, I think it was wet and it was a really technical descent. descent. Yeah. 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 And not having much luck. No. A no. lot of them aren't, actually. Um, so I think he'd be off for about four months or something, uh, Richie mm. Port. Now, of course, if you're riding a bike around Melbourne, you'll be enjoyed to know that actually... No, I'm not going to say that properly. There's been a ch- slight change in the fines for um, some of the uh, regulations as far as riding a bike in Melbourne and Victoria is concerned. Let me just go through the first one. Is using a mobile phone is prohibited except to make or receive a phone call or to use its audio music functions provided the phone is secured in a commercially designed holder fixed to the bicycle or can be operated by the rider without touching any part of the phone and the phone is not resting on any part of the rider's body but can be in a pocket. Or using a phone as a navigational device, GPS, while riding is prohibited unless it is secured to commercially designed holder fixed to the bicycle. All other functions, including video calls, texting and email, are prohibited. The penalty is a fine of $476. Demerit points do not apply to bike riders, but do apply to drivers of motorised vehicles. They're going to stop you texting on the phone? Oh, Val, how will I manage? I know. (laughs) I mean, every day I see all these people texting on their phones, on their bicycles. Yeah, it's pretty pretty widespread. 
I wonder what qualifies as a commercially designed holder. Like, can you, you use yeah, the my rubber could, bands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they're supplied by the Australian Post. Do you use the red rubber bands? Oh, there you go. You know the ones that yeah. they leave yeah. on the footpath. They're the commercially the yeah. best ones yeah. available. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think this is part of this. It really is a part of a push to. I think in some ways, uh, I might read it. I'm reading it from obviously a different standpoint to a lot of people. In some ways, it's a bit of a, a a salve to the motorist to know that somebody riding a bike is going to get fined the same as them. Mm. You know that yeah. you know, we're all on the road; they'll pay the same fine. Yeah. You know, so I think that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we other I should go through the other one first. Is I'm, I'm going to ask you to: Have you ever ride in bike li- in bus lanes? I do on the occasion riding out to Monash University because there's a small section. It's on Wellington um, Road, I think, and there's a bike path in the middle on the nature strip and about um, two sets of traffic lights before you get to Monash, it just stops. Um, Of course. So you either ride on the pavement with all the bumps and all the pedestrians or you ride on the left lane of this four-lane highway, which is a bus lane. So. I sometimes do both, um, but, yeah, often I would ride in the bus lane and other cyclists do as well. I've seen them yeah. do mm. the same thing. And that's mm. on most bus lanes around Victoria, there's always a bicycle can use. Yeah, thing. yeah, I mean, that was pro- my understanding. I mean, Hoddle Street's been like that for as yeah. long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only one I ride in. I've got to say, I get off it as quick as possible. Yeah. yeah it's not enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't enjoyable at all. So, anyway, now you're allowed to ride there. And, of course, because we're allowed to do it now, Vic Roads have given us a list of tips and tricks oh, for riding on the bus lane. <laughs> wow. See how this goes. Tell us. Keep to the left of the bus lane. Keep <laughs> away, give way to buses at all times. Wait behind the bus if it is coming to a stop and does not overtake and do not overtake or undertake it. You were sat behind a bus for longer than 30 seconds and breathed in that exhaust. I'm <laughs> telling you now, it's the last place you won't yeah. be um, be alert at bus stops and watch out for passengers getting on and off buses. Stop behind bus until it has moved off. Be alert of other ride users entering the bus lane. Before changing lanes and turning, always scan behind and signal your intentions. If there is a bike lane, bike lane beside the bus lane, the bike rider must use the bike lane. Using a hook turn can be a safety way to turn right. These are all pretty generic. Take care when you're cycling at night. Got that. Wear clothes. Just clothes in general? (laughs) Well, you know what they're going to say. You're not going to say there's no fashion sense in this sort of stuff. (laughs) As long as you've got somebody's dinner strapped to your back, you'll be all right. Um, Bright and light-coloured clothing. But here's the last one of their recommendations. Choosing a less busy parallel road or path where it exists may be a safer option. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. I love them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just in case us. you hadn't, hadn't figured that out yet. I've got too sure. We're, um, we haven't got much of a bicycle-friendly premier in Victoria at the moment, which I think everybody will get to see sooner rather yeah. than later. Mm. Anyway, we should touch on a few other things. Good to see that uh, hoary old chestnut Gibbs Street Bridge is up again. Yay. Somebody's promising to get it done. I think I've lived through... I think about eight of these uh, plans to get it done from yeah. the Victorian Cycling Strategy in 2004, I think, was a promise to get uh, it finished. That's to have a bike, lay- yeah. bike or a 
accessible way to get down onto the Yarra from the yeah, yeah. apart from you know doing the BMX carrying sort of stuff and sliding. Down yeah, the exactly. Rail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the other thing, we're going to run out of time, but the other thing is I can't work out how you can dump about a 1,000 bicycles on the side streets, the side, um, the footpaths of Melbourne next to bicycle loops in my area. I think there are 15 all around a couple of bike loops down the end of the yeah, market. Yeah. These are the O-bikes. You'll recognise them, yeah. yellow, black, silver, and I have a dollar for anybody who can blow up the tyres. <laughs> They're all solid tyres. One spot. Are they? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty indestructible. Yeah. It is pretty cheap. Yeah. It'll, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I assume that the helmet law will kill this as, <laughs> yeah. as yeah, it does kill the other one. It's going to be the biggest challenge to it. And I, I wonder, I've seen quite a few uh, like bike racks that are just completely Covered? chopped up with them now. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's... Will there be a bit of a backlash because of that? No. Well, keep watching the letters to the editor and the Herald Sun. I'm sure yeah, somebody's yeah. going to write that. <laughs> uh, well, it's all right now that they all look so new and pretty. Fast forward six months, a lot of them will just still be sitting in the same spot, I might yeah, be true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then it'll look like a different problem. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a problem for tomorrow's people. <laughs> We're going to be back. Oh, I've got to find the thing. We're going to be back after this. And we're going to talk about every one of those 1,800 kilometres. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost, and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here at 3CR. In Xanadu did Kublai Khan a stately pleasure dome decree. You got to Xanadu. We did. We did. There we go. <laughs> Our own version of Xanadu. <laughs> I'm not talking about Olivia Newton. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Kublai Khan. You got to Xanadu? We did, yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. So H- Hetty and I, in 2015, we, we left Australia and flew to India um, with a plan to ride our bikes uh, east and following the Silk Roads. West. Uh, I think it was west. West. It was west. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and, yeah, fast forward 16 months and we arrived in in England, 17,000 or 18,000 kilometres later. so Yeah, passing via uh, Central Asia, Iran, Turkey, yep. uh, yeah, Eastern Europe, the Balkans, and then through and along, I think the widest part of the European Alps that we could do through oh, Austria, yep. <laughs> just couldn't get enough. Um, 
Yeah. And virtually sole supported, just the two of you, everything on the bike. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We had we took everything we we needed, including enough equipment for a winter in uh, Central Asia and Iran, which is much colder than the Australian winter. And yeah. Picking up food along the way, Way, obviously. (laughs) Just for all the bike nerds out there, and there are apparently two or three who listen to the show, we'd better go through first just normal run-of-the-mill touring bikes, nothing special. Yeah, yeah. Well, I rode on a long-haul trucker, um, just, you know... Bog standard. Bog standard. Yep. Um, And And I rode on two bicycles. The first was a old GT... 1994 mountain bike, just yep. steel framed that we, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, specced yeah, up yeah. a bit with some better wheels and, uh, uh, some, yeah, some handlebars with yep. a few different options. And then in Iran, I ended up uh, giving that bicycle to um, an amazing guy that we met who helped us out a lot. And um, he was really into cycle uh, cycling yeah. and the outdoors. And um, because of some of the sanctions in Iran, it's really hard to find um, yeah, good touring gear and, and bicycles uh, that are made by Western manufacturers. So yeah. uh, I, I ended up giving him my bicycle and my parents were coming over to visit us and they uh, they they brought over a new bike. There we go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I then, then was riding a Soma Saga, so yeah. kind of similar to Tim's. Oh, and we'll get this out of the way. No big problems mechanically, but to the normal run-of-the-mill things. Yeah, no, the biggest biggest mechanical thing we had was in the last 500 kilometers of the trip and we were riding on a uh, like a goat track or a hiking trail and had dropped her bike and, and smashed a brake lever but yeah that <laughs> yeah. was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. less than Scottish a few days wars, you know, <laughs> the bike fell down yeah. And, yeah. before we get yeah. on to the you know the wide variety of cultural places you went just give me an idea you land in india you pack up the bike, you've got all your stuff. How many days or weeks did it take till you sort of had that pull up at a spot, tent up, things ready to go? How long did it take till you had that down or about two minutes? Um, <laughs> or if you ever got down to two minutes? Yeah, we we actually timed putting the tent up a couple of times and yeah. that, that was down to less than, certainly less than five. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it probably took about a, a month to get really comfortable or a month and a half to get really comfortable with with camping anywhere but part of that was india is such a heavily populated place that our first couple of tries of uh of wild camping in india we we sort of got moved on um uh yeah but after a a month in india we we just yeah we were really used to it Yeah. Mm, yeah yeah so we should touch on um Oh, this is it's not a competition where did um, a lot of places you traversed across uh, most people wouldn't think of going would sure. they? no especially and especially as sort of we've become so phobic about anything Middle Eastern or Islamic or anything like that what was Iran like Iran was incredible yeah, yeah. It was often, I think we say, was, yeah, our favourite place for many, for several reasons. Culturally, it was fascinating. Yeah. It's a country steeped in history. The Persian Empire is mm. is still very much alive in it through, not only through uh, the 
the old buildings and remnants uh, from yeah some of the ancient ruins like um, Persepolis, but also its its culture is being revived through a lot of the youth who are looking back to those um, some of those Persian relics and and yeah. holding on to those through language and um, through some some other symbols and so yeah culturally fascinating and it's also just a, a beautifully diverse country in terms of landscape you have incredible deserts in the east that are uh, that are really harsh and you have nomadic people living there that have um, that have subsisted in these really harsh environments and then on the west you have um, yeah a beautiful mountain range that is very snowy when we were there uh, in yeah, around December January and, and riding around, you've spent a bit of time there, obviously. Yeah, we spent almost three months. Three months, in Iran. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we never had any nasty experiences. That, uh, yeah, no, there was no one we met was uh, was unfriendly towards us or, or anything. And the it, the the thing that ended up happening is that people were so hospitable all the time that sometimes that got a little bit uh too much if you yeah. if you've just ridden 80 or 90 kilometers and you're you know in hilly terrain sometimes you just want to have a little sit and uh, recover by yourself so, rather than uh, <laughs> yeah. you know when somebody chasing you for 20 kilometers yeah sure exactly <laughs> no i mean it sounds like a terrible thing to complain about but no the the hospitality in iran was really just over and above uh, anything that we've ever experienced. And yeah. to the point where I think for our culture, we, we almost feel uncomfortable with such an amount of generosity yeah. being shown to us that, um, yeah, it's something to think about, I think, uh, maybe bringing a part of that back to Australia. And, you guys have brought yeah. part back? <laughs> We're trying. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, um, the other thing... It's not something like this, yes, you took 18 months off and you can do it at a nice slow pace, but what I'm trying to say is you don't need to be some ultra-fit cyclist to do something like this. Not at all, no. no. We we both just rode for transport um, before the trip and that's what we do now. And yeah. I always say when someone asks about being fit for cycling, like a cycle tour is you can, you can train beforehand if you want to, but yeah. ultimately the first week of, <laughs> of cycle touring you you build plenty of fitness and yeah the first week is tough but it's always going to be tough yeah and, yeah. Uh, yeah and actually about a year before we left to go on the trip i can recall very distinctly staying to my housemate we were living in in the eastern suburbs about 10 kilometers from where we were studying and i said there's no way we can cycle to uni that's just too far right yeah and then a year later, there I am riding from <laughs> India to England, and now, yeah, it's 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 really achievable. It is, yeah. Too. yeah. Um, I want to know the first traffic light you found after coming out of out of the Middle East. Where was the first traffic light? First traffic light. God, that is oh, a no, great. That right. is a great yeah. question. <laughs> well, there are traffic lights all through the. The Middle East, but yeah. the whether they're obeyed or not—that's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly. The capital cities, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, in every country, in the capital cities, there were traffic lights, but we we really tried to not cycle a lot in yeah. in capital cities. Yeah. yeah. But the, the biggest culture shock in terms of going from Eastern cultures to the Western cultures, I remember really strongly, was in um, was in Austria, and we just we got to we came from the eastern european countries and um yeah and 
just the the order and everything in in Austria was a real real shock to us and supermarkets as well like yeah finding supermarkets for the first time in Turkey we were like Uh, you can get everything in this one shop (laughs) I remember talking to somebody could just come back from a big cycle tour of India and actually been there for a year and a bit and she was telling me about the dilemma when she first went into a supermarket and there are 85 different varieties of rice it's and overwhelming. She said, she said, I'm used to going in and buying rice. Now, now I'm confronted with a 70 metres of rice. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't yeah. make my mind up. I think that's, that's just it, is you, you really you simplify everything when, when you are living and, and travelling in countries where you, you don't have that overwhelming supply of options. And, no. um, and that's one of the great things about cycling is that you also are limited by the the space that you have on your bicycle so yep. you, you don't carry unnecessary things and no. i think when you're faced with those choices again after that it can be yeah you kind of re reconsider how perhaps you you lead your life beforehand like and maybe yeah, i don't yeah. need so much stuff maybe i don't no. need to have four different kinds of rice in my mm. pantry you know be enough of that anti-capitalist <laughs> rhetoric on this radio show i <laughs> yeah. should i should have you talking about Thanks, guys, for coming in. It's been wonderful. That's a pleasure. We'll put up a, a favourite photograph from uh, the tour. Yep. And yeah. you've got a route guide on your blog? We have a... Yeah. I'll try, we'll try yeah. To, let's see how we go and we'll yeah. try how we go. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, uh, news uh, events coming up. Look, there's a ride on uh, the 29th of July. This is from the... If you can't find this, this will be on... Uh, bike fun. This is a ride then, uh, I think starting in Melbourne, then ending up at Bill Shorten's electoral office right. to make Bill a little bit more aware that maybe the Adani mine isn't the best thing we could ah. do. Bicycles and activism, yep. it'll never work. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks, Val. Next Thanks, up, Val. This, and the, oh, sorry. Next up, oh, I should say a couple of other things. I'm going to get run out of trouble here. If you haven't, um, if you still want to donate to the Radiothon, you can certainly do that. And up next is Jailbreak. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.